right, three, two, one. Welcome to episode number five of Tea with Abby, another at-home quarantine-style edition. Um, this is Tea with Abby, the show where we talk the tea about the truth, what it's really like to start a business, run a business, um, and now be a founder during a pandemic. Um, and you know, we're talking about how our companies are pivoting and adapting and making things work. So um, I'm so grateful to have our guest on today. Everyone, a little round of applause. Um, we're saying welcome to Eunice Shenju, who is COO and co-founder of Open Teams. Welcome, Eunice. Thank you. How are you doing this morning? I am doing amazing. Um, um, with everything that is going on in the world, I have tried to, you know, to live in my little box and to find positivity out of everything negative that is happening in the world. So Woo! I'll definitely I'm doing good. I'm so grateful for that perspective. Um, tell me where you're recording from today. I'm recording from my living room. Okay. <laughs> um, I wish I had, you know, a specific dedicated um, office, but I don't. So instead of a dining room, I removed my dining room and I've created my little office in my living room. <laughs> Perfect. So how much of your time now, um, you know, in compared to how you guys were working before as a team, um, were you a remote team prior? Is what you're doing now new to you guys? Or like, how has it been the last month? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we have been um, a remote team primarily. So um, our team is um, all around the world. Actually, like my co-founders, two of us are in Austin, but one lives in North Carolina. Wow. So we're crazy used to, to working remotely and collaborating online. Um, but for us, for some of us that used to live in Austin, we would meet on a regular basis and collaborate that way. So it wasn't necessary. It wasn't like completely new, but again, um, because of everything that is happening, we can't even have those small meetings that we used to have. Um, like right. Or the ability to just change up your routine and go outside and grab lunch somewhere and then come back. Exactly. And, and it definitely something different when you get to like, you know, meet people actually in person. But again, we were already adapt uh, remotely, so it wasn't a big change for Open Teams. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us just a little bit about Open Teams and um, what the company is and then what you do for, for within it? Yeah, definitely. So Open Teams is um, an online marketplace um, that connects um, different enterprise needs for services, support, training, um, within the open source industry with um, a network of partners who can meet those, those needs. Um, and what that means is, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with open source um, that are listening. Open source usually is um, software that is built um, and developed by um, open source um, or developers that are volunteering their time. And over the past two decades, um, there have been a boom in the amount of usage 
of open source software. But one of the biggest challenges that enterprises face when they start using open source is who do you reach out to when it comes to support? Who do you need to talk to if you have a bug problem, if you need customization, if you need you know, um, different uh, development to, um, to, to take place? There's really no place for that. So open source goes to create a centralized uh, marketplace to, to connect those enterprises with um, you know, projects teams that can help them solve their needs. Cool. So since um, this dramatic change in business has occurred, have you seen um, a surge in business? Has your business been hit? Like, how, how is it dealing with um, the pandemic? Yeah, definitely. I think we have um, faced um, different challenges um, at different levels of the company. Um, I think one big thing that I can think of right now is um, Right before the pandemic started, we were getting ready as a company to raise our seed round. We had a couple of investors meetings set up. We had a, a couple of travel plans. Um, and our race was supposed to be between um, April 23rd all the way to um, March 23rd all the way to April. And uh, when all of this started, you know, we had to cancel all of our travel plans. We had to speak with all of our investors and see if they were willing to meet us uh, virtually. Um, but also with that, I mean, a lot of VCs right now, they do have more free time to speak with people. But I, from our experience so far, we feel like there has been, and even with my interactions with other founders, is um, even though a lot of VCs are still investing, a good amount of them are a little bit more conservative right now because of what is going on. Yep. So that was one of the challenges that we face. And quite frankly, we haven't given up. We know that this, is, um, this pandemic has not come to stay. It has come to pass. So uh, we are positive and we think we are still going to raise, but it might just um, more realistically, it will take us a little bit longer than expected. Yeah. And because of that, there are some measures that we as a company had to take to make sure that we don't stumble during this time. And that meant, you know, put a pause on our product development so we can have a longer runway. Um, that meant really focusing on what are some priorities that we need to put on the top and what are some things that we can really put on the side and focus on that later on um, when all of this is gone. Um, but we've also seen some good things come out, come out of this. We actually, um, um, a, a firm reached out to us saying that, you know, because we are a platform that connects open source um, developers with um, enterprises during this pandemic time, open source will play a big role um, to help uh, find, you know, different solutions for, um, for problems that, you know, like, you know, maybe ventilators, you know, how can people find new ways to build ventilators? Open source is a great way to, to figure that out. And some data, data visualizations, you know, data we can find out there that might help, you know, figure out, you know, when is this going to end? What are some solutions we need to adapt? A lot of different solutions are rising and people have realized that they could potentially use our platform to find um, the right open source developers that can either volunteer their time, that can maybe work part-time, you know, the evenings while they have their regular jobs. 
So that is something that we're excited about, and it has, you know, it's a potential big win for our company. But you know, every every obstacle comes with a little bit of downs and every downs, you know. So we're just trying to manage and see what works for us. Ooh. Well, I mean, <laughs> blended sense is right there with you in that we are raising a, uh, our seed round as well. And same thing, we had a conversation on Thursday for, um, we, we have raised since, um, and we've raised a little bit on the note heading into March. Um, and then one of our first, one of the largest conversations we had for the biggest check we'd be getting in um, happened on a Thursday. We, we sent over all our due diligence, our data room and everything. By that following Monday, Austin had gone into shelter in place. And the phone call that we thought would be, okay, let's go forward with the next steps was actually, we are so sorry, you guys, we, you know, love you. It's a yes, but just not right now. You know, we yeah, have to yeah. see how this plays out. And um, I, I, you know, it's disappointing, but I think it's, it's powerful in the startup story. If we can maintain this optimism throughout this raise and then weave that into fundraising now and show investors that we're resilient founders, we're capable of adapting and that makes us, you know, even more desirable as, as a company because we can handle this unprecedented chapter in our story. Cause like, I'm sure you guys never imagined the pandemic hitting like, Oh, nobody's coming. <laughs> Um, how, 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 like, um, how many years has Open Team been um, working on your, on its company? Um, what day is it? Well, it's April takes us one year because we launched April last year. We pretty much. Two, April 1st. Is, like, yeah, we were like, this is, this is a joke. Are you kidding me? Uh, one year company. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you're, you're able to maintain some positivity. And I think that's something that I noticed when I first met you, I was like, oh, she smiles with every word she's saying. And that makes me feel so good. So, um, I think it's really important right now. I really try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm always feeling this way, maybe. Um, awesome. Well, some of the questions that I typically ask, um, don't really apply here anymore. You know, they were like, okay, what's, um, what's your hardest learning lesson? And it's like, well, obviously like right now, um, but I would love to know in your journey as a founder, um, pandemic aside, what was something that was a really high moment for uh, you personally or your team where you've had this sense of like, oh, we're doing it, like, here we go. What was, it, what was a good moment for you guys this past year? Um, that's a great question. A good moment for us. Um, I think the, a good moment is when we actually receive our first check. You know, like there's nothing, at least for me personally, um, op, um, Open Teams is not my first company. Open Teams is my second company. Um, and my first company, I tried to raise, I couldn't raise any money. And then as, and when I joined Open Teams, we started working on the company for some time. And when we actually pitched our first, you know, actual venture VC, and they actually gave us our first $100,000 check, I was like, dang, I've never seen that much money. <laughs> so 
and um, it was also like a reminder that, you know, that we are onto something, that we're actually walking towards something big and that we have people outside of us that believe in us. I think for me, that was, for my co-founders, maybe it wasn't, but for me, it was one of those moments that I was like, oh my God, like this is actually happening. Like, you know, somebody gave us money. So, you know, there's no, there's no going back from here, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I know you said this is your second company, and obviously I read a little bit about you on LinkedIn. Um, is this your second data company, or would you have said your hair salon was your first company? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess I would say this is my third company. There you go. I just feel like my hair salon, I don't know why, but like when I'm in the tech industry, I don't think that people will really consider that as a business, but it is a business that grew tremendously while I was in college. I came out of college with no debt, you know, no whatsoever, and I was a rich college kid because I own a hair salon. But moving into the tech industry, I don't really, I have never really put it out there as a business. I don't know why. Was it a brick and mortar or like what kind of business was it? Yeah, it was a brick and mortar. So I actually had a hair salon and I had hair stylists that worked with me every single day with black people's hair. I think that's so unique because I, I think if you tried to put um, a tech founder and gave them the challenge of running a brick and mortar, I mean, that is night and day. It is completely different. And... My, one of my best friends owns a hair salon in New York and um, it's just a really unique, you know, it's, a, it's an entirely different kind of business model with all yeah. of its own revenue streams coming into it. And, you know, you have, it, it, it's still management of people, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's customer service, you know, you have to buy inventory, like there was a lot that went into it, but I don't know why. I have never, I almost never speak about it when people ask me, you know, how many companies have you started? Do, do you think that's because it's so, I mean, maybe it has its own preconceived ideas and it would discredit you in your data and tech world? Yeah, I feel like people, I mean, in my world, in the tech world, people don't really, I, I, maybe it's in my mind. <laughs> But I would think that people don't really consider the beauty industry or, you know, a brick and mortar small business as an actual successful business. But quite frankly, I managed it for over four years because even when I graduated college, I was still handling it um, until I decided, you know, I have to get out of this business and actually do something with my degree. Um, but... I thought it was a pretty successful business for me. And I grew up, I grew up with a dad that was an entrepreneur my whole life, right? So I have always been in, in I've, I've always wanted to be in business. I knew I always wanted to be in that space, which is the reason why even after I graduated college and I decided, okay, well, I need to do something with my degree. Let me go get a regular job. <laughs> I went and I got a regular job and I was like, I like, this is not for me. I got to go back in business. And I started looking for signs to help me transition from being a regular employee to becoming an entrepreneur again. But this time I have to do things. I didn't want to be just a regular business. I have to be in business. Yeah. So what came after that 
chapter of, okay, you went into regular, that daily grind, the nine to five, you're like, oh boy, no, I can completely relate to that feeling. Um, my dad's an entrepreneur as well. Um, and yeah, I could not think of doing that in my life. I, I know it works for some people, but that's great. Um, but, uh, so what happened after that? Did you, were, have you always been in data? Did you like jump right into founding a company after that? Like what happened? Yeah. So, um, what happened is I got a regular, I was at Apple and I was doing the analytics for them, basic data, data analysis. So nothing complex as machine learning and AI, but because I was in that space and I had a background in mathematics and statistics, I kept hearing about this thing that was called data science. So I started doing more research into it. I got curious about courses online. And that's when I realized that during that time, it was booming. But a lot of people didn't really know what that meant. So I was, when I was going to meet them, like I would find data scientists saying, you know, I've taken a country boot camp, I've done a couple of projects, but it's so hard for me to find a data science job. And I was like, whoa, why is this thing booming? But like people are still complaining about not finding jobs. So I started doing a, a research. I started with businesses that I knew of. And, they said, and most businesses didn't know what data was and how to adapt that into their businesses. So I said, you know what? I'll create a marketplace that can help connect <laughs> these new data senses with small to medium businesses. Um, and it can be short or long-term projects, and I'll figure out, you know, how to get there. So in my looking for answers, I found a company in Austin called Founder Institute. Small, you know, accelerator program. I joined the program. They bumped me up. I quit my job. Um, and then I went full-time into the entrepreneurial journey. Little did I know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> And I'm speaking and laughing today, and I'm, it's funny, but really the challenges that I faced during that time, I think I wouldn't want anybody to go through that, right? I wouldn't want When I decided to quit my job, I barely had $5,000 in my bank account. And in my mind, I plan to leave the American green. I thought I would go in there, I would find customers, I would sell it, and I'll be a millionaire. That was my thought. Now, what ended up happening is that that money slowly started going away. And um, I was seeing myself trying to battle between amounts of money and showing up to events and, you know, speaking to customers, finding data sciences. I'll be traveling with, you know, $30 in my bank account. Uh, I swear to God, I bought a flight ticket for $39 in New Orleans to go to a conference that a friend gave me their ticket for free, and I had no money to find a hotel. I had no money to eat, and I had $30 in my bank account, and I went for a whole conference. I didn't know how to Um... I did. <laughs> and I wouldn't go into the details of like how that went, but it was a great experience. I think I met a lot of people that I still connect with today that really made a difference in my entrepreneurial journey. And in fact, our product development team with Open Team, I met them at that conference. There you go. Yeah, so, and a lot of things 
going through all that time, right? So I eventually, you know, with me struggling for a whole year, trying to struggle, you know, between, you know, side gigs, get some money to feed myself, to pay my rent. I became homeless at some point. I couldn't pay my rent anymore. Um, the car that I had got repossessed. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> oh my god, it was, it was crazy. Um, you didn't like what was it? In, like you kept going though. Was I kept going? What was there? What was it about it? You know, like why? Why? You know, how could you keep going? What What were you telling yourself? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking in my mind. But every single day, I would wake up and I wear my if you knew me back then i was always in suit it didn't matter what day it was i had a suit on not the typical you know only modern suit i had pink suit, blue suits you know like i was <laughs> and i would dress up and take the bus because my child i didn't have it anymore and i would show up every single meeting it didn't matter whether it was in houston it didn't matter whether it was in austin I would show up every single day. And eventually, I showed up to one of those meetings, and that meeting changed my life. And that meeting was my current co-founder. He told me, you know what, I like you. I love what you're doing with your current company. Um, I would love you to come with me. And bringing me in, you know, it wasn't just, you know, you're going to be the struggling type of entrepreneur that I come. We will pay your salary, you know, we're going to set a small amount of investment and we're going to raise more money and then we're going to go from there. And honestly, I wouldn't have gotten to that point if I wasn't in business. So one thing that I always like to tell people is, you know, the best way to be successful in business is to be in business. It doesn't matter whether you're struggling or you're successful or things are not going the way you thought it would be. Just keep going and just keep doing business and you'll be surprised. One day, everything will come. Uh, I've got literal chills right now because I understand um, that so intimately. And it's that quality that you hear very successful people talk about, you know, I was living out of my car, I, I was counting my change, I was taking the bus, even though I was looking so fine. Um, it's just so beautiful that the mindset of I'm going to make it happen isn't changed by your outside circumstances. Um, but that the focus of getting somewhere is so clear in your heart that it's just a matter of time before everything aligns to like put you there um and that uh, i can i can just imagine what that moment of finally getting the opportunity and the salary like oh my god that just must have made you feel so valid and like yeah. relieved uh, i don't know if i have to cry or be happy or you know i said mom i made it <laughs> Cool. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you for being so honest because I think it's easy to paint this like, oh yeah, and then I went to college and then I did this and then we got an investment and now we're a billion dollar company. And it's like, well, what about the people who are like eating, you know, toast for a whole week because they don't have anything else. And 
those are the stories that compel me because that's relatable and um it shows that you can do what you put your mind to and quite frankly i have i told myself that if i you know like if i ever have to do anything like this and i like if anybody follow me on my social media i try to keep it real right i encourage people that entrepreneurship is the route to go but know that it's not going to cut you right it's not going to be easy because i am a living of that and i'm not saying that my life is easier now in fact i think my life is harder now it's just a different set of problems different exactly right so every journey has its own challenges you just have to keep up and facing it and moving on what are some ways that you balance your ambition running your business and taking care of yourself yeah and i take that very seriously um one thing that i do every single day first thing in the morning is and again I am, I am not going i don't want anybody to like you know like i'm not a type of person that says wake up at 5 a.m you know i do this it's like wake up whenever you can but the first thing that you have to do and i personally do it is move my body that could be going for a run um, which is something i've been practicing way much more recently because most gyms are closed <laughs> um and then I get back home you know I clean up myself and then I sit down and I write and I'm grateful. Right? I, I write five things that I'm grateful for every single day. Um, the next thing I wrote is I write 10 goals that I want to accomplish. And then I write one to three things that I'm working on right now to achieve one of those goals. Um, that is my little, you know, and then I'll maybe journal and, you know, do something else. But I know some little things that I do on a regular basis um, that helps me just calm down, you know, think about myself, about like my book. Um, and like everybody else, you know, from time to time, when this pandemic is not happening, I love to just go out and hang out with some of my friends. No. Oh. Do you have family here in Austin or where's your community of people located? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Cameroon, Central Africa, so most of my family is back home. But you have two cities in the United States, one in Houston and one in Ohio. In Austin, I'll say my family is my partner. Um, he's probably the only person in Austin as a partner, but I do Nice. Um, okay, some hard questions that um, to me need to be asked for women, especially in the startup industry and especially in technology. Um, and I can imagine in data, can you paint the picture for me of what it's been like um, as a woman in technology? And then, of course, um, you said you're, you know, you're here um, from Cameroon. So I mean, that adds an entire new dynamic um, as, as a woman of color. Like, what has been navigating this tech space been like for you? <laughs> uh, that is so funny, but it's, it's just like such a great question. And one thing that I like to tell myself and I tell other people is that, you know, not only am I a woman, you know, I am black. But guess what? As soon as I open your mouth, 
I have a strong accent. So if I can go through this and still figure out my way in, anybody can. Mm. Uh, but I think, you know, being a woman um, in the tech space has its own challenges, but it also has its advantages. Yeah. Right now, more than ever, and I like to think of the advantages and more than the disadvantages. Because guess what? The fact that I'm a woman and I'm black and I'm even an immigrant, and on top of that, I have more opportunities today for people who wanting me to be part of you know the community of you know the platform of you know, the company because of my mm. and as much as many women find that as no anybody to like you know excuse me because i'm black or because i'm a woman i say it's an opportunity so if because i'm black that will let me in please let me in yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I'm how and quite frankly um i you know i have a lot of Challenges that most women face, like you know, imposter syndrome, um, like you know, building confidence, really showing up to meetings and like giving, you know, selling a thousand percent. One quick thing that I can mention, just that I have paid attention and I've seen it um, as a challenge that I am working on, is both my co-founders are white men. And sometimes when we show some things, you know, they have a really great way and I praise them everything we did for it. You know, of reading about the company, speaking about the big picture and you know, how eventually we will become, you know, um, you know, hundreds of billion dollar company, you know, a huge, you know, ten billion dollar or like a hundred billion dollar company. And they, they, they speak with so much confidence really well. And, you know, for me, I like in a more realistic way. Um, but I am changing, right? Because that's, you know, selling the big picture, you know, um, you know, putting a lot of confidence in every single thing that you do is what makes you successful. And quite frankly, men have that. They know how to you know, sell things even though inside them, you know, ah, maybe now, maybe not work, but when they talk about it, they have so much confidence in it. As women, we like to be more realistic. And I've seen that even when I speak to my other founders. When I speak to my guys, I say, oh yeah, like, you know, like they're making it, like they can raise big some amounts of money. Maybe sometimes even the mad work, but like as women, we want to be perfectionists and want everything the way we want it to look. And not even just that, we said I was so short. Right. So those are the little things. I mean, there are a little bit more things that go into that. But again, I see, I see it as something that I think I want to improve myself. It is a challenge. And I'm a woman, but like, you know, it is also an advantage to be a woman right now because there's so many opportunities for us to grow. Whew. I feel that's so true. Um, because you're you're exactly right. Um, I think the world is ready for this thing they've seen a lot to kind of move aside and make space for the possibilities that women and other kinds of people who've been unrepresented before um, can bring to the table. And how refreshing 
our ideas are and different. I saw something yesterday and it was an article and it was like the most the most successful company uh, countries right now um, responding to the pandemic are all led by women. Like they're, the prime minister is a woman or the leader of the country is a woman. And I think that's because um, they bring this opposite quality that I think our male counterparts can learn from us. But the, um, like, yes, you said the realistic can, in, in the f pitching room, it's, you know, you have to be big pitcher, you have to be bold. But I think when you're relating to your team and how you, how you lead within your organization, um, the woman's ability to be empathetic and realistic and meet people right where they're at, I think is, is definitely a huge um, advantage. Um, and I love the idea that you can take a disadvantage and see it as an opportunity. Wow, I mean, you, I'm just, I'm really excited that um, a, a chance interaction has turned into uh, the opportunity for my business to work with yours. And um, that's been really cool. Um, I don't get to do to, I mean, I did, obviously in the beginning, I was sourcing a lot of customers, um, but now, um, you know, we have our kind of team that handles that. And so I feel really proud anytime I get to bring someone in, I'm like, yeah, that was my connection. Um, but I think, wow. yeah, um, where's the, where's the next step for yourself and open teams? I know you said you're trying to raise that seed. Um, what's on the horizon? What's coming next? Oh, yeah. You're coming on a little bit very close. Like, what did she say? Uh, did you get it? Yeah, so you said what is the next one? Yeah. Okay. Um, I often teams, again, um, we, like, quite frankly, we kind of raise a big seed round. So that's, that's really what we, that's what is next for us. Um, but again, we decided that the pandemic Blowing things right now, we have um, put a big focus on acquiring customers and the best clients, acquiring partners. Um, because again, probably like 80% was going to be focused on fundraising for the next month or two. Now it's more 50 50%. 50%. Um, really figuring out, you know, how can we onboard more enterprise clients um, that will write us We Our goal is to help open source developers not be you know freelancers or contractors that will make you know like 1000 here and 5000 here our goal is to make them you know um full-time engineering you know salaries actually get paid full-time engineering salaries so really focusing on on working with enterprise customers and and getting those bigger deals is um something for the first times but as we as we continue to onboard more clients we'll see how that how that goes so yeah, I'll say, and then we'll keep seeing how this rate goes for the next couple of months, and hopefully something good comes out of it. It absolutely will. I have no doubt. That seems that's how your track record has gone, so. <laughs> Work really hard through adversity, and then something golden comes out on the other side. Yeah, definitely. And I would think, for me, um, something that uh, is... Something that reminded me during this pandemic time is that, um, you know, some can go. I mean, changes can be done in a matter of minutes, not even a matter of weeks or days. So understanding that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to adapt. 
to every change that comes your way. Um, so I will keep working and giving my 150% to open things. Um, but one resource, one thing that I've also made a commitment to myself is also, you know, continuing building and growing my personal brand um, out of my own company, which means I'll, you know, I'll start blogging and I'll start blogging more often. So that's my little thing that I am on the site. So cool. All right. Well, this is the part of the show where I ask um, our guest, what is their statement sip? So is there a key phrase or mantra or quote that you love to live by? If you don't have one, I wrote one down that you said. It was so good. But I'd love to hear if you have something for us. I'm curious what you hear. <laughs> well, I wrote down the best way to be in business is to be in business. Oh, that's true. I think it's because I think you can apply that to a lot of different perspectives in your life. Um, you know, whether it's just trying to get up every day and in this pandemic, you're like at least making your bed and putting clothes on and like getting a workout in, like being in business um, or literally if you are a founder right now out there trying to figure out how to create more runway for yourself during this really uncertain time, even that one customers still you are in business right now. But did you have something else for us? Yeah, I think that's really good, especially for, you know, it's a good quote that I do live by on a regular basis when it applies to business. Um, a quote that I live by that applies to my personal life and I have to remind myself of that um, lately was live in the now, right? As an entrepreneur, I get to, you know, and I don't want to say punish myself, but I don't reward myself enough. Um, and I always want to get better and better and better every single day. And for the very longest time, I kept telling myself, you know what? When I have this, I'll be happy. You know what? When I do this, I'll feel accomplished. Never mind. When I get to this point in my life, I'll call myself successful. And I realize that I'm, as much as that is a good reminder that I need to be working harder and harder every single day, I need to live in the now. Which means I am happy what I have back. I am happy with my apartment that I have. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm speaking to you today. I am grateful that I have food that I can eat, a home that I can stay. I am living I'm living in the now. So that's my other mantra. Okay, so you're gonna grab your coffee cup. <laughs> We're going to do a fake cheers and we're going to say live in the now. Yes. Okay. One, two, three. Live in the now. <laughs> All right, everyone. That is the tea. Another episode. Thank you so much, Eunice, for your honesty um, and bringing so much joy to everyone this morning. Um, I cannot wait for our audience to see this next week and feel inspired and fired up to go chase chase their happiness now. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. <laughs> smack that like button. See that like button?
Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at blendedsense.io. See you next week.